evening, friends. Happy to be here again this evening to serve again in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm always the privilege for me to speak for him who has died for me and done so much for me. Now, we are very thankful for the services that God has given us this past week here in the Church of the Open Door. We're grateful to Brother Cowles and to his staff of workers here at this place who opened their doors so courteously and let us come in to visit with you and to fellowship around the Word of God and the blessings of our Lord Jesus Christ. God bless Brother Cobble, and may the work here grow until the crowds will be standing around the wall every night in his services. And he opened—it was the church of the open door for me. As soon as I had an opportunity to come to Louisville, why, he opened the church doors. Now, tomorrow night, the— auditorium down here called the, is it municipal? Memorial. Memorial Auditorium tomorrow night, beginning at at 7.30, I suppose, Brother Cobble, 7.30 tomorrow night. We expect you to come out now. We'll have seating room for all. I, I was there once before when a little David was here. I came over, and the best I know it'll seat between three and 4,000 people or something like that. So tomorrow, tell your neighbor and the one you've been wanting to bring for the healing services that tomorrow night there'll be plenty of seating room. So bring them out. Come early. We expect good singing and the glory of the Lord with us. Tomorrow morning, uh, here at the church, the open door, uh, last Sunday I was supposed to be here to preach and I announced in my own church, and so I had to kind of split the time. And God, of course, was in that, for it was a fulfilling of a vision. When this man here was supposed to meet me at that place the next time I saw him, and I never knew him coming on Sunday morning as long as I was know the place. He doesn't come on Sunday morning, but that time it was Sunday morning. It was that time I had to be there. And it was that time he comes to the right place at the right time, not knowing ahead of time what he was going to do, but the church all knew just how he was to meet me. And God worked that just right. Tomorrow morning, immediately after Sunday school here, I think that's for my... 9.30 is Sunday school, and then 10.45, I'm to speak tomorrow morning, preach the gospel, whatever the Lord shall lay to do. And then that'll probably last one of my 30 minutes. Any other people's about two hours, I suppose. But it's my 30-minute sermons. And now, come out. If you have no post of duty to fulfill, why, we'd be happy to have you tomorrow morning. And tomorrow evening, 7.30 at the auditorium, expecting great blessings. I'm expecting to be there, if the Lord willing. I got to leave tomorrow afternoon out of the city again, back then soon as this service closed, go straight to Shreveport in Louisiana, leave Shreveport for Denver, Colorado, and from there to British Columbia, and be back in America in about two months, and then 
services up at Cedar Lake, the Methodist campground, and from there, I think through Des Moines, Iowa, and then from Des Moines over to the Pacific Northwest, and then overseas. This time, it's thus saith the Lord. So it's, it's really, the Lord is moving now, and great things are under, great anticipations of going. Now, we are thankful for the reports and testimonies that's coming in of the healings in the meetings. We, it's been rather slow according to the meetings uh, otherwise, but there, I don't think we've had one ambulance case, one cot case, stretcher, anything like that. It's just been people more or less who were diseased and plagued and sinned in their life and things the Holy Spirit has been revealing. So there's been nothing in here is like that that we have seen. Nothing but some deaf people, I believe. And I don't know, they told me a blind person. By the way, I'm getting this. This is another tape here. I think it isn't sitting close enough to pick it up. So if you don't mind, ever who's on the recording, I'll set it that way. Now, I can depend on you all praying for me, can I? I, I trust that you'll do that for I certainly solicit your prayers and are just as helpless as I could be without someone praying for me. Now, I will hurry just as quick as I can, speak to you just a few moments, go right into the healing service because of those who are standing. Tomorrow morning will be preaching services. Now, the Lord bless you. Now, I can open the pages of this Bible, but I can't open the Bible. God alone has to do that. No man on earth or in heaven or beneath the earth was worthy to open the book or to loose the seals thereof. And John saw one that had been slain from the foundation of the world. He came and taken the book out of the right hand of him to set upon a throne and open the seals and open the Bible, for he was worthy. And that's the only one who can open the Bible is the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's speak to him just a moment in prayer. He's the author of this book. Now, kind Heavenly Father, the Word of God must have first place in the service. It must have first place in our life, must be first place in our thoughts, for it's eternal and shall never pass away. My words has to be altered like other man's words. Times and has to be altered to meet time. But thy word never changes. There's no altering to God's word. It's forever the same. And we're so grateful for this. And now, Holy Spirit, author of this word, will you come and open it for us tonight? And may the speaker be so submissive until the you'll be able to come in and take the Word of God and place it right out into ever-hungry heart. And may there it lodge, find its abiding place, and may it bring forth fruit hundredfold, salvation, healing, joy, peace. Grant it, Father. Forgive us of our sins now. Help us to be your humble children. For we ask it in the name of thy dear beloved Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Just for a, a small portion of the reading over in the Old Testament of Second Kings, 
and the third chapter and beginning and reading the 15th verse to save time. I was going to read about 10 verses of it, but I'll just quote it as I go along. The 15th verse. Now bring me a minstrel. And it came to pass when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. Our scene tonight goes back in the days of Israel when they were in the homelands of Palestine. It was immediately after a great tragedy had happened. Judah and Israel had broken up and had become two nations as it was. And Ahab the king, who got out of God's will by marrying a woman that was not of the faith. Do you know that's still a good thing, young man, to think about, young woman? Marry someone who is a Christian. Don't marry unbelievers. Yoke yourself not up among unbelievers. Paul said for us not to do that. The scriptures all through forbid us for we to yoke ourselves with unbelievers. But if you are already yoked up with an unbeliever and he's willing to live with he or she in peace, don't leave them. Just remain and live a Christian life that you might win your companion to Christ. But Ahab went over and married a little woman who was an idolater, and she brought idolatry into Israel. And at the death of Ahab, Jerome, his son, reigned in his place. And at the same time, a righteous, godly man by the name of Jehoshaphat, he reigned in Judea. And the king of Moab was kindly afraid of Israel as long as it was united under Ahab. So he gave Ahab a thousand rams or a thousand lambs and two thousand rams in their wool, trying to find favor that he wouldn't come over and take his country. But immediately after Ahab died and Jerome reigned in his place, then the king of Moab rose up against Israel, and Israel went out and numbered all the people of Samaria. Jerome himself being a lukewarm believer, very typical of the church today, in a lukewarm condition, just a, a borderline preacher, a fellow that, well, I go to church and I do the best I can. That's the most miserable person I know of in all America, is the man who says, I do the best I can. I go to church, I hope I'm all right. The salvation of Jesus Christ is not a hope-so, it's a no-so. You know when you are Christ. The Holy Spirit bears record with your spirit that your sons and daughters of God, old things have passed away and all things become new. Oh, I hope we get it tonight. Not a borderline minister, not a borderline Christian. If the crowds are going this way, you go with it. If it goes that way, you go with it. Stay in the road. Stand in the liberty where Christ has made you free. Be not again entangled in the yoke of bondage or halfway. God said it made him sick. said, I would you would be hot or cold, for lukewarm he had spewed from his mouth. 
So God doesn't want a person that's just a professor without being a possessor of the blessings of God. God grant that the day hurries to Louisville, Kentucky, and all America when Christians that profess to be Christians will be just what they profess to be. God grant it. If I wasn't for Christ tonight, I'd sure be against him. But I'm for him. I love him. I believe him. My whole life, I'll give it any time freely for him. I believe what I'm preaching to be the truth. And I know that it's carried me this 23 years through safety around the world on my third trip through every kind of a demon possession and all kinds of demonologies and challenges and people who are superstitious and try to call your hand on this the other. He's brought me safe thus far. He'll take me on through. I believe him with all my heart. I hope that before my life is over that I'll see thousands of these people through Louisville here preaching the gospel, the people, these young men who are studying tonight, listening at the gospel, winning millions of souls to Christ. Now, so this fellow, after he's seen trouble coming, he thought he would go up to Judea, to Jehoshaphat, and make an alliance with him. Now, here's another danger. Jehoshaphat, on the spare of the moment, according to the flesh, representing the Spirit-filled church, before he'd taken the second thought, he said, After all, you're Israelites, so my footmen are your footmen, and my horses are your horses, and my chariot is your chariot. Just because it was flesh, be careful. You say, well, as long as I go to church, isn't that all right? No. God's never, never said one time he'd save a church member. He saves his children, not the church member. But now, and he, before he thought, he made an alliance with this halfway lukewarm Christian, as we would call it of today, so we can get our story backed up here to this place. Then... They got the king of Eden also and said, Which way shall we go? They said, Go up by the way of Eden through the desert. And another thing, as soon as Jehoshaphat ordinarily now would have prayed over the subject, would have thought about it first and said, God, what, what must I do? But being yoked up with unbelievers, he took the unbelievers' way. And that's the way many spirit-filled Christians after revival Paul, because they yoked themselves up amongst people that said, Well, I go to church, we're as good as the rest of them, and you lose your experience. Stay right in the road, no matter what the rest of them does. You know where you belong, you know who you belong to. Stay right under the power of prayer all the time. Don't let them call you off to something else and amusements and so forth, saying there's no harm in this. If there's a question, don't do it. Stay away from it. But now Jehoshaphat, like all... Members are all church people, signed the agreement, and they went up the way of the desert without consulting the Lord. Now, then if you go do something without first consulting the Lord, you're sure to get in trouble. Is out there a few days, and the first thing you know, they were in trouble. They fetched a conference for seven days, enough to carry them over, and after seven days, their water supply was cut off. They had nothing to drink. There they were setting out of the desert, and they said, Now look where we're at. 
out in that condition, going without asking the Lord, going without consulting Christ about it, the first thing you know, they were dried up in the desert, no water around them. So Jehoshaphat, being a Christian man, as usual, thought the first thing is to seek God about it. I guess he thought, then, we better start a prayer meeting. Kind of a late time sometime to start a prayer meeting if you find yourself in the desert, isn't it? That's the way we all do. Oh, wait till we get in trouble. Sometimes you say, I don't even believe in divine healing. You have to wait till you get sick enough. Then you'll believe in it. You just haven't got sick enough yet to believe in it. The doctor's never walked away and said, there is nothing I can do for you. That's when you believe in it then. How many times have I seen people like that in my days? And I've heard people take the argument and say, oh, it's such a blessed thing to be sick. God uses it to bless us. How can it be a blessing and a cursing at the same time? A man one time in South Africa where we was having a meeting at the Dutch Reformed Church, he stood up. After he first, their papers blasted it everywhere. But when they found out that their members become so spiritual, when they went back to holler amen in church and everything, they thought it then. He got fanatically. So he went to church and he said, talk about such a blessing, how the Lord blessed the people with sickness. And the man's wife, a couple days later, had appendicitis, rushed to the hospital and cut the blessing out. <laughs> Yes, if it's such a blessing to be sick, let her go ahead and be sick. Don't do nothing about it. You'd be doing something God would want you to do. If it's such a blessing to have a cancer, why take radium or anything? Just let it go ahead and be a blessing. If you're more blessed when you're dead and you can do more for the Lord when you're dead than when you're alive, well, go ahead and die. But God wants you here to fulfill His program. The gr- The Bible said, Above all things, I would that you'd prosper in health. That's Scripture. Above all things, that you'd prosper in health. The writers of the Scripture, inspired by the Holy Spirit, which the Scripture says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Amen. Notice, then, when their supply was cut off, they began to find out if there wasn't something to be done. Of course, Jehoshaphat said, Isn't there a prophet of the Lord? Surely all this bunch of church people around here, there should be a prophet somewhere that we could find out what the will of the Lord is concerning this thing. Now, they knew the law. They knew the commandments. They had all the written word. But they had to have something for this specific case. I hope you're getting this. Something now for this case. That's the way in the meeting sometimes they say, well, won't you just pray for the people? Sometimes you notice it in the meeting. It has to be something, the whole picture is divine healing, salvation, but sometimes there's something in a fellow's way that keeps him from getting healed. You hear it right here on the platform, something they've done somewhere else and something they've got to make right. They have to do that before the blessing of God can come on them. Certainly not. You can't do that. You'll never, you could take a person, I've seen it many times, go into healing service and anoint them with oil and pray over them and people scream and stomp and holler at the devil. The devil don't care how much you holler. He's not deaf. He don't care how much you scream. That doesn't mean a thing to him. He'll never recognize that, but he will recognize faith. He's got to. Yes, sir. 
But if that person has sinned in something in their life that they should not have done or should have done, you could pour oil on them day and night. And it'll never do them any good. You could pray, scream, cry, cast out demons as much as you want to. It'll never leave the person until they make that thing right. That's right. You've got to go get right with God first. Now, that's the reason on the platform, watch how closely careful we watch it. To be sure before you pray or try to cast away an evil spirit that that thing, person's life isn't clean and clear. If it's just something you're not sure of, I pass it by. Because what, did you know through a divine gift that you could mar your soul? You know Moses was a prophet of God, that God told him to go out and speak to the rock, and instead of speaking to the rock, Moses went out contrary to God's will, contrary to God's word, and done exactly what God told him not to do, but was successful anyhow. He smote the rock the second time. Is that right? He was a prophet. He had power to do what he wanted to do. As long as... And he smote the rock, and the rock brought forth the waters. Elijah, that young prophet, the one we're speaking of now, on his road down, some little children run after him. He went bald-headed when he was a little young fellow. And they began to tease him about being bald-headed, and that prophet turned around his anger and put a curse on those children. And before they got back home, two she-bears killed 42 little children. That ain't the Holy Spirit, but it was an angered prophet. You have to be careful. God dealt with Moses. He deals with the people. So if God has put something on a person or let Satan put it on them for a purpose to bring the person to him or to do something, and you come take that off without this person repenting for it, see what kind of a trouble you got yourself in? So you have to be careful. And Jehoshaphat said, isn't there a prophet somewhere that we could find out whether we're doing right or not? Whether we're in the will of the Lord? And somebody said, well, there's Elisha down there. He poured water on Elijah's hands. In other words, he had had fellowship with a real prophet. He had been around where there was a man who knew what he was talking about. That was Elijah who was recognized the prophet. Oh, I like a good old-fashioned spiritual church. When you go talk about spiritual people, say, well, he's from Brother Cobbles. Somewhere, somewhere, church, some good spiritual church who's got sound gospel teaching. He'll understand if you go to pray for him. He knows what divine healing is. He knows what the power of the Lord is. He knows what the baptism of the Holy Ghost is. He's been around that type of people. And you know you're getting somewhere. He said, there's Elisha. Elisha was a perfect type, Elijah and Elisha, of the church and Christ. Notice, Elijah being the type of Christ, when he went to leave, before leaving, notice it now, get it. Before leaving, he made preparation that the Spirit of God must remain on the earth. God takes his man, never his spirit. God took Christ to the Holy Spirit here tonight, vindicating him just the same Lord Jesus. He took Elijah, he come up on Elisha, come up on John the Baptist, the same spirit, made Elisha act like Elijah made John the Baptist act like Elijah, and it makes the church today act like Christ. Amen. The devil takes his spirit, his man, but never his spirit. Them same teachers back there that condemn Jesus Christ, 
They were scholars to the minute. They were far beyond our seminary students today in the Word. They were holy men. No one could put a hand on them. They had to be holy. They had to be righteous. They had to be blameless. But yet, powered by Satan, didn't recognize the Son of God and condemned and killed him. That's right. And that spirit lives on today. People who are just as fundamental, just as scholarly and teacher as they can be, having a form of godliness and denying the power thereof. The Bible said, from such turn away. Brother, they know the word so perfect, just set it in order, lay it out there in such a masterpiece, yet no more about God than a hot and pot would know about an Egyptian night. That's right. Only thing they know is just the word. The letter killeth, the spirit giveth life. It's life comes by the Word made manifest. Go ye into all the world and manifest the power to all nations. Mark 16. Preach the gospel. Not teach the Word. Preach the gospel. The gospel is not through teaching the Word. It's the Word made manifest. These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall cast out devils and heal the sick and great signs and wonders. You see it? There it is. The gospel made manifest. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Louisville, Kentucky, on this very Saturday night. And wherever two or three are gathered in my name, I'll be in their midst. And the things that I do shall you also, even more in this, for I go to my Father. Yet a little while the world will see me no more. Yet ye shall see me, for I'll be with you, even in you, to the end of the world. Such a promise. Wonderful. All right. Elijah, before he went away, he went and put the blessing upon Elisha to take his place. He went on. He said, you stay, Harry, here. I'm going up to Gilgal. And he said, as the Lord liveth now... He had the Spirit of God on him. He knew who that man was. He knew he had the truth. So Elisha began to follow Elijah. And he went up to the city. He said, you stay here. The Lord has sent me up to the school of the prophets. He said, as the Lord liveth, your soul liveth. I'll not leave you. I'm staying right with you. I like that. Stay right there. And they went on up to the school of the prophets and up to the seminary otherwise, <laughs> where all the graduates was. The Oxford and all, they were all there. They knowed a whole lot. Yes, a whole lot. One of them went out to get a mess of peas, and he didn't know the difference between peas and wild gourds. <laughs> knowed a whole lot about leading something. Got his apron full of wild gourds and put them in and was feeding a bunch of preachers with it. <laughs> That's the way the seminaries does yet today. <laughs> a bunch of wild gourds feeding the preachers. Some kind of a theology. Excuse me, I oughtn't say that maybe. Some kind of a theology to indoctrinate them with them. And sometimes they go out of the seminary knowing less about God than when they did when they went in. Amen. That's right. I'd rather have an old-fashioned rail fence experience out there. Some boy, man with my boy out there, if he didn't even know his ABCs, Take him out in the broom stage pat somewhere, kneel by him by a stump and pray him through to God that all the seminary deities could be produced in all the universities of the world. Yeah. Amen. 
That's a big mouthful, but brother, it's the truth and what the church needs tonight is something to base yourself upon where you know where you're standing. Education's fine, but it's the biggest hindrance the gospel ever had. Sent more souls to hell than anything else I know of. Education. You get so smart you think you know more than God. You leave no room for God. Now, I'm not trying to support my ignorance. I'm just simply stating what's facts. Went up to the school of prophets when they got this big pot cooked up, you know, and all full air. They cooking up something. They had something cooked up, all right. They got it today cooked up, too, but there's death in the pot, he said. That's right. Death in the pot. But look, in the amazing grace, here it is, the grace of God, there happened to be a real prophet standing by who said, go get me a handful of meal. And he took the meal and threw it into the pot and said, now there's life, go to eating. What made the difference between death and life was the meal. Now, any of you teachers know here that meal was from the meal offering, which the meal offering was Christ. The little birds had to be set just so perfect that every grain had to be ground the same. Every little parcel of that meal had to be the same. So they dipped up a handful of Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, day, forever, and throwed it into death and it become life. See, ground the same means that there, from death to life, from sickness to health, he was the healer in the meal. Amen. And he's still the healer. Throw it in there so now eat all you want to. It's good now. It's got life in it. Meal offering. Beautifully. Then they went on from the school of prophets, went out to the river Jordan, said, Stay here because I'm going over. He said, I'm not going to leave you. I'm going right with you. He had an alternative. He wanted something. And if you want to get something from God, stay right with it. If the pastor says it's not so, stay right with it. God said so. Pastor says divine healing, there is no such a thing. Stay right with God's Word. God said so. The pastor says the baptism of the Holy Ghost is not for this day. Stay right with God. He said so. Whosoever believeth. He, repent, every one of you, said Peter. In Acts 2, 38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises unto you and to your children and to them as far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. If you ever tuck that back, it's not written in the Scripture. All right. As many as the Lord shall call is a candidate for the Holy Spirit. Quickly, look now. We'll go quickly to it because my time is getting away. About six minutes. Watch. Now, when he crossed Jordan and he... Then he said, what will you that I do for you? He said, if I want a double portion of your spirit. People's afraid to ask for a big thing. Well, this man's been crippled for a long time, Brother Bram. You think he could be healed? Well, that's the easy thing to ask for. No more for God to heal that man is somebody with a toothache. It's just the same to him. Ask for a big thing, that your joys may be full. Ask abundantly. Then he said, well, now... You've asked a great thing, but nevertheless, if you see me when I go, it'll be as you've asked. So could you imagine how that preacher watched that Elijah look perfectly type of the church? Look, when they started the first journey was when they come out of the Dark Ages in Lutheran's age. The second stage of the journey, the school of the prophets, 
was John Wesley's age, the second great revival. The third stage of Jordan was the Pentecostal age. Now, then the next stage is across Jordan when the supernatural takes place. Here we are, entering into it. Now, Elijah, he kept his eyes right on Elijah. Elisha did. And when he, the chariot come down and he was taken up, he dropped his robe, and Elisha put this robe up on himself, went forward, opened up the Red Sea, or the Jordan, crossed over. A perfect picture, look, Christ, when he was taken up, the church received a double portion of the Spirit that was on him. Amen. One woman said one time, can my son set the right hand and the left hand? John, my mother, he said, can you drink the cup that I drink? Said, yes. Can you be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? She said, yes. Said, truly you shall. Watch. These things that I do, greater than this shall you do. Double potion of the Spirit on the church today. And Elijah done eight miracles in his life. Elisha done 16 miracles in his life. And you people who claim to have the Holy Spirit and then afraid to trust God for the supernatural, I don't understand it. I cannot understand it. How that a double portion of the blessing is on the church and we're afraid to move. What's the matter with you, friend? I'm probably wondering. Then here was the prophet that was sitting in the wilderness. Here goes Ahab and Jehoshaphat right down to him rode in on their horses or whatever it was to stop. The prophet is probably in there. Couldn't be disturbed for a while because he was studying. In come these three men kings that stood before him. Oh my, they got very religious then. They were standing before the prophet. When you stand before our prophet, Jesus Christ, you'll feel like you're very religious also. When he once comes up on you, he changes your attitude. There, they stood before the prophet. And he kind of got his righteous indignation up to you holiness people. To you Calvinistic, you Presbyterian and Baptist, he just plainly got angry, that's all. <laughs> all right. Oh, he got all stirred up. He looked over at Jerome. He said, why don't you go down to your own cold formal church? <laughs> Get some of your preachers down there to ask this for you. Oh, he really got his dandruff up. So why don't you go down to your mother's prophets, your daddy's prophets? Yeah, kind of halfway borderline. Why don't you go down to your own church? Why'd you come here? And he said, Nay, but the Lord has called us out here together. And Elisha, with his dander fall up, he said, If it wasn't I respected the presence of Jehoshaphat, I wouldn't even look at you. Oh, my. He really got out of humor, didn't he? Now... When he did, he goes, all a place like that, he's no condition for the Spirit to come on him. But he said, bring me a minstrel. Now, to you people who don't believe in playing music in the church, I wonder what you go do with that. Here he comes, said, bring me a minstrel. Go get out there and all the soldiers and see who can play the harp and play the stringed instruments and everything. And get in here and play old-time religion for me or something. So he get in here and they got in there and they all began to play. Maybe only believers, something on that order. Of course, they didn't have that song then. But something on that order, this prophet, I can see him sitting there, start humming, patting his foot after a while. He's getting in the Spirit. 
That's what's the matter at the church tonight. That's what's the matter at this meeting tonight. If you can't get in the Spirit, you don't see nothing. Elijah couldn't see something until he got in the Spirit of it. Amen. Amen means so be it. You have to get into the Spirit of it before you can see it. Now, you people that used to go to dances, I don't believe you'd do it now since you're a Christian. But when you used to, you used to have to uh, play all the music and carry on everything and get in the spirit of dancing. When you went to ball games, you had to, somebody had to hit a home run for you, throw the hats and screamed and hollered. Well, it was all right for you then. But a fellow didn't believe much in ball games. He stood there. He couldn't see nothing in it. He wasn't in the spirit of it. And that's the reason you come around to an old-fashioned meeting where they got good salvation. They go to holler an amen and praise the Lord. You say, that bunch of fanatics, you're just not in the spirit of it. That's all. See? If this is the Holy Spirit, then that other must be unholy spirit. This makes you do holy things. That makes you do unholy things. A woman said one time, said, Billy, I understand you got some of that new kind of religion. I said, what kind's that? She said, oh, you know, I'm people that uh, shout and go on like that. I said, a new kind? Well, I said, that's the only kind and the oldest religion there is. Amen. Oh, she said, wow, we never, used to never hear about that. Why well, I said, about God spoke to Job one day, and he said, Job, where was you when I laid the foundations of the world? Tell me what they're fastened on to said, when the morning stars sang together and the sons of God shouted for joy. A hundred million years before the world was ever formed, they had shouting religion. Let's <laughs> talk about something new. Why, it's the oldest there is and the only kind there really is. Yes, old-fashioned, heartfelt, sky-blue, sin-killing religion. Brother, it don't whitewash you, it washes you white from the inside out. Yes, it does. Make you do things you didn't think you ever would do. Mm. All right. He got to playing the music, got to going, he got into spirit. When he got in the spirit, he began to see things. That's what we need tonight to get in the spirit of it. Get in the spirit. You say, oh, Brother Branham. Well, that's what they did on the day of Pentecost. They all stayed there and prayed till they got in the Spirit and then got filled with the Holy Ghost and run out and act like a bunch of drunk people. The religious people of the world stood and said, These men and women, all of them together, which Virgin Mary and all of us together, said they're drunk on new wine. That's right. They got in the Spirit. That's what we need. That's what some of these churches around Louisville and Jeffersonville and New Albany need. Is a good old-fashioned shaking down God-sent Holy Ghost revival. Amen. Then you can have healing services and decent and order. God will bless and the altars will be full. And you don't need some new theology. You need the Holy Spirit Amen. preached in its power. Though in simplicity, it's the greatest drawing card the world's ever had. Amen. Think of John the Baptist, how he shook the regions around about just a simple old fuzzy-faced preacher. That's right. But brother, he knowed where he was standing. That's right. Because the Holy Spirit talked to him in the wilderness and anointed him. When he's eight years old or nine, he went out into the wilderness and got his bachelor's degree from God. And when he come out, he knowed what he was talking about. 
His bachelor's degree, yes, he received the Holy Ghost before he was born. Three months before he was born, he got the Holy Ghost and shouted and jumped in his mother's womb. Amen. That's what the Scripture says, Luke 2. See? All right. Notice. And here they was. All heaven, Elijah was getting into spirit. Then the visions began to come on him. Now he said, Thus saith the Lord. Go out and start digging some ditches. Get ready for a whole lot of water. Said, you ain't going to see no clouds. You ain't going to hear no winds. You ain't going to have no degrees. You ain't going to have to go to no seminary, but you're going to get some water. <laughs> That's what we need tonight. All right. You don't have to join some organization. You don't have to join some church, but you're going to get some water. Start out to digging. Now, I can see him get started to digging. And some fellow hit the ground a couple of times and say, Say, this is rough going. Well, if you quit digging, you ain't going to get no water because every man had to dig his own spring. <laughs> right in the desert, right in the midst of the sand where there's not a drop of water anywhere, the prophet said, Start digging. And right in the place where you think it's the worst, there's where God asks you to start digging. Maybe right in your own home, start digging. Maybe right in your own church, start digging. After a while, I see what I'm hit, a great big old tin can down there. What is this? That's old sister so-and-so says, there is no such a thing as divine healing. Kick it out. Make room for water. Keep on digging. After a while, you hit an old greasy skillet down there. That might be the pastor. Kick it out. You don't believe in divine healing, the power of God. Get room in there so you can get some more water. The deeper you dig, the more water you'll have. Get all the old doubt and unbelief and things away from you. That when the shower begins to come down through the valley, you'll get a big potion of it. You just got a little well like that. That's all you can have. I like to go plumb over my head, don't you? Just get out there story swimming and the goodness of God. Get all the old kittles and things out of the way. And some of you people say, well, now, if I get saved, what I have to do? Well, you got saved, went over and got the Holy Spirit. The first thing you know, you dug down and say, 10% in the church. Oh, my. Throw it out of the way. Get room for more water and just keep on digging. Make a big well where God can really baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fix you right. Now, look, he said you're not going to see any clouds. You won't have to have a Billy Graham in the country. You won't have to do this, that, or the other. You won't have to have any new theology. But you're going to get water anyhow. Where did that water come from? It ain't going to rain out of the heavens. It ain't going to be artificially made. But there's going to be water there through the supernatural. Why was it? I'll tell you what I think. Do you know the children of Israel passed right through that same wilderness? Sure did. And that rock that was in the wilderness when they passed by was still there. Listen, Jesus Christ was in this church last night. And he's still the same Christ tonight. Just get to digging. Get all the doubt out of your way. Get all the superstitions out of the way. Quit saying that being a spiritualist. Quit saying it's, it's all the devil. Throw the thing out of the way. Let's get to digging and get ready. Amen. Speak to the rock and it'll bring forth this water. Then. Next day when the invaders come down, they started down. They ambushed them. And when they went back into their land according to the law, the word of the Lord to the prophet, they marred all their good places, tore down the cities, chopped down the trees, and took up rocks and stopped up every well. What a revival. 
That's what we need tonight. We need to dig all those old doubts out of your heart. All these old things that take somebody else's word besides God's word. Let God be true and every man's word a lie. What God said here, God confirms here. What Jesus Christ was then, he is now. He rose from the dead then and worked among the apostles and promised to do it to the end of the age, and he's the same Jesus tonight that he was then. So get all the tin cans and things out of the well and get a testimony in your hand. You'll stop up some of these old formal wells around here that don't believe in divine healing and the power of God. Mar every place. Go right in and give a testimony. Say, look at me. I've got a doctor's statement here. The war he couldn't do no more for me with cancer. Here I am, but the same doctor pronounced well. Brother, that'll stop up the old farm of wells. That's exactly right. Get a testimony. Serve the Lord. God bless you. Tonight, may the Lord Jesus Christ, the one, that supernatural rock that was there to give water in the desert, that same one that Elijah got in the Spirit and saw him and he spoke to him in a vision and told him what would take place, it did. That same Lord Jesus lives right here in this church tonight. I believe he rose from the dead, don't you? If you believe that, and he said that he would manifest himself through his church, the very same things that he did, you know what he did. He didn't claim to be a healer or nothing. He just claimed he'd, he'd seen visions. He could look out in the audience and somebody would touch him with faith. He'd turn around and say, who touched me? He'd look around to see the person and say, Thy faith has saved thee. They begin to reason in their hearts. He said certain things to them. He seen a woman at the well that had five husbands. He said, Here you got five husbands. Philip come in the prayer line. He said, You're a believer. He said, How did you know? It said, Before you come, you was under a tree praying. I saw you. He said, You're the Son of God, the King of Israel. Jesus said, These things that I do shall you do. I'll be with you even in you to the end of the world. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday today, and forever. Now, Christian friends, excuse these chopped up words, but look, right down to the moment now, I'm contending for this, that Jesus rose from the dead and confirms his word, and we're living in the last days of the blossoming of the church flower, are the church wheat, and now that the same Lord Jesus has come into his church, I'll admit we have a lot of fanaticisms about it. We have a lot of fanaticism in divine healing. But my brother, did you only know that that makes the real power of God shine the brighter? If there's a bogus dollar, it shows there's a real dollar it was made off of. And there is genuine people who believe God for their healing and are healed. There's no man can heal another man. That's not... That's, no, there, anyone tells you that, he's unscriptural. He can't do that. The only thing no preacher can save a man. No priest can save a man. No one can forgive your sins. Unless you've sinned against them individually. But they can't forgive your sins in general. You, they can point you to where your sins has been forgiven. Amen. Jesus forgive every sinner that ever was or ever will be when he died at Calvary. But now it'll never do you no good until you accept that sacrifice. And there where he is wounded for our transgressions, with his stripes we were healed. 
Now, all that God can do for you towards your healing, He's already done it. And put it in the Word here. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive it, and you shall have it. Whatsoever it's for healing, if it's for finance, if it's for what? Sure, just cause. If you say, Lord, I've sinned, I'm sorry, if you'll forgive me, I'll promise you tonight that I'll live for you the rest of my days. God's under obligation to His Word. If you sinned and will ask God to forgive you, He has already done it. You just accept Jesus as your personal Savior. Accept Him as your healer. Accept what God has done. Now, He sends preachers to preach the Word. Brother Cobbles and the other ministers. He sends teachers to teach the Word. Set the church in order. Spiritual teachers. Is that right? Then He sends prophets to foresee and know things and tell things. To vindicate his coming and his, what his work is. Then he sends people that some people in the church has the gift of speaking in tongues. I know you may think it's fanatically, and there probably is a lot of it, but there's a real one too. Some people to speak in tongues and some to interpret. And that message will be to somebody in the church which will absolutely stand up and know that it's true. Paul said, when you come together, if everyone speaks in tongues, won't the unbeliever say that you're a mad? But if one prophesies and reveals the secret of the heart, won't they all fall down and say, God is with you? See See what I mean? If the one there who's a prophet who will know the secret thing, for instance, somebody standing there that's sin, you call it out and tell them so. Or the man or the woman that's sick, looks very healthy, say, here's what's in your life. You're a Christian, but you have certain, certain things. You've been to a certain place. Then the Bible said normal people would fall down and say, truly, God is with you. Of course, critics and so forth that's born to be condemned, they can't say it because they're condemned in the beginning. They was condemned from the beginning of the world. They'll never see it. They can't see it. The Bible said, man of old foreordained to this condemnation. That's right. They could never see it. Esau and Jacob, both of them born from the same mother, same father, and God taken one and rejected the other before they were born. God's election. So, brother, if you're on the critical side of the Scripture and the workings of the Holy Spirit, and the Bible said in the last days that man would be, how they would be having a form of godliness, go to church and be just as pious in religion, but would deny the power thereof from such turn away, he said. Because that is the same thing. It's like Jambres and Jambres withstood Moses. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee tonight for the Lord Jesus and His lovely being. Standing here looking around over this audience and feeling the Holy Spirit strike me, saying, quieten down now. The time has come, perhaps, for Him to speak Himself. Then I shall close off, Father, leave my sermon go. And I pray that you'll speak yourself now, Lord. And may this poor, unworthy man just be so completely yielded to the Spirit of God until the Holy Spirit will stand here and take the body and the lips and speak with his own voice and to vindicate to this little audience tonight that the Lord Jesus has rose from the dead and is living among us tonight proving this by signs and wonders of his life.
doing the same things that he did when he was here on earth. He said, I can do nothing except the Father shows me first. Grant, Lord, that the Father will come and show us the church tonight. And we love his words where he said, a little while and the world will see me no more. That's the unbeliever. They won't see me no more. Yet you shall see me, the unbeliever, for I'll be with you, even in you, to the end of the world. Father, place here as a group of handkerchiefs. I ask that you will bless them, Lord, to the sick and the needy. May the blessed Holy Spirit that's now here around this platform, beginning to move into this circle, believing that you'll show us great signs and wonders, that when we leave tonight, we'll say like those coming from Emmaus, did not our hearts burn within us from the way you do things? Grant the healing of these people, the blessings upon thy church and thy people. For now I submit myself to you that you will speak and confirm these things that has been said. For I ask it in the name of your beloved child, Jesus Christ. Send forth his wonderful arms, stretch it out to heal the sick tonight. Amen. What number of cards? My ministry is not like some of the brothers who goes and lay his hands on the sick and everybody and prays for each individual. Uh, my ministry, to, perhaps after I return from Africa and overseas this time, I may never have no more. It's leaning that way very strong towards me in America to leave off healing services, just congregational prayer, see, and have evangelistic services, like come set up a big tent. I just got one in order the other day. It seats 15,000 people, chairs and everything. Like set it out here in Louisville and stay for three months. See, just stay till God says it's enough, it's over. See? And now, and just preach the gospel, because I've been across America time after time after time after wave, been everywhere in the meetings around, and the Lord has confirmed to all, every state in the Union, Canada and Mexico, knows all about it. See? So now I just want to preach the gospel now of salvation for a while. Maybe I have a healing service once or twice a week, like Wednesday and Sunday or something. But otherwise... Now, the ministry that the Lord has given me is to see visions. How many believe that he said in the last days he would pour out his Spirit upon all flesh and your young man would see visions? Amen. He promised it. And it would prophesy, foretell. And now watch. He said, when he... I know disregarding to you, my Christian science people, Holy Spirit is a thought. He is a personal pronoun. When he, the Holy Ghost, has come, he will teach you those things, or bring these things to your remembrance, which I have taught unto you, and will show you things to come. Is that right? The Holy Spirit. You couldn't believe in the Holy Spirit and disbelieve in visions. You couldn't, because it's the very work of the Holy Spirit. Now, when our Lord Jesus was here on earth, just a moment now, when he was here on earth, the only things that he did, only miracles, only signs that he did, was when God gave him a vision and showed him what to do. Is that right? 
St. John 5, 19, he said, when he passed through all those crippled people and blind, withered, and halt, didn't heal any, he healed a man laying over here with prostate trouble or diabetes or something. And they questioned him. Well, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing in himself. But what he sees the Father doing, that doeth the Son. For the Father worketh. In other words, let me put it in our words here. The only thing, he says, that I can do is what I see by vision my Father doing. Then I go act it out in drama in obedience to my Father. I do just as my Father has bid me to do. He tells me there's somebody down here on the road that's sick. He told me Lazarus was going to die, to leave the country and be gone three days. After three days, Lazarus would die. And then I'd be on my road back and would get there on the fourth day and for me to go to the grave and to raise him up. That's exactly what he done. He went right away when Lazarus got sick. They sent, he, then after the third day, he said, Lazarus sleepeth, he's dead. Now, for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there. But I go waking. Went out to the grave and said, Father, I thank thee, thou art. But for these who stands by, I said it, Lazarus, come forth. And a man had been dead four days, skin worms done eaten into his body. Corruption knew its master. The spirit knew its creator. And a man had been dead four days, stood on his feet and lived again, went to a banquet dinner with him. That's right. That was my Lord Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Brother Branham, does he perform miracles like that today? He'd done it three times in his lifetime. And right here, if you'll read yours, authentic statements signed by great hand. I've seen it three times in my life that the dead laid out, dead, pronounced dead by the doctor, and they're living today. That's right. What is it? Me? Not me. I'm just as you. But it's him. It's him. The resurrected one, Jesus Christ, the Lord God of heaven, his only beloved son, begotten son, rather. All right. Now, as we're standing in the line, all right, come. Now, come, lady. I believe I know this woman. Uh, you're Miss Collier, aren't you? I, I, McCann, excuse me. Guys, wrong. All right. All right. The Lord knows both of us, doesn't he? He knows us both. And now there's something I want you, uh, sister, to believe the Lord Jesus. And I want to talk to you because it happened to be that I have no way of knowing who's going to be up here on the platform, who's going to be first, because that's by, by a prayer card. See? They just pass out a number. They give them to anybody who wants them, and then when I come in, I just call for certains anywhere, and sometimes just come call a few here and a few from this number and a few from that number or someplace. doesn't matter, just so they get here. Then those, just as soon as I get the anointing on me, it goes right out through the audience and begins to speak to those out there. How many out there wants to be healed tonight without prayer cards? Let's see your hand. Or just pray. Just ask God. See if he doesn't confirm it to be the absolute truth. God will grant it. If you'll just believe it, that's what you have to do, is have faith in God. Now, in talking to the lady, now, for instance, what if our Lord was standing here and talking to her? The first thing he would do, like he did the woman at the well, he had talked to her a few minutes. I wonder why Jesus waited and sent the disciples away 
and waited there until that woman come. And then when he went to talk to her, when she first walked up and dropped the bucket down like that, why he say, just a moment, woman, go get rid of your five husbands and you'll be all right. No, he didn't. He said, bring me a drink. He felt the spirit move on him, of course. He said, bring me a drink. And it wasn't customary for that even to happen for him to talk to a Samaritan. She said, well, the well's deep and so forth. And he got to talking. Then what was he doing? Now, this is between the lines, friends. That's the reason they re- failed to recognize Jesus Christ when he come. They had read the scriptures about it, but they failed to recognize him. And it's the same thing today. We got our own ritualistic routine. Anything out of that, we don't believe it. Fundamentally as we can be, but God comes right in between the lines sometimes. We fail to see it. Now, he was contacting her spirit. Now, the woman, God in heaven knows. I know nothing about the woman. No more than I've seen her. I've seen her. I'm pretty sure. Is she a member here to her church, Brother Cobble? Well, I'm still wrong. I thought I'd seen her here at the church or something. But maybe I'm all mixed up. All right. Sometimes I get... When the Spirit, that gets the anointing, begins to come near, then I, even my people could stand before me hardly and I wouldn't recognize them. Now, you may think that that's fanaticism, but it isn't. Now, now he is here. The one that you've got the picture of. The pillar of fire that led the children of Israel. I say that in the name of the Lord. And now, in the name of Jesus Christ, I take every spirit here under my control for God's glory, for the healing of the sick, delivering from evil spirits. God be merciful to critics and to unbelievers, is my prayer. Now, lady, look this way now. Now, if you are sick, it would be impossible for me to heal you. I'm a man. But your life, you could not hide it if you had to now. It's going to be open because this is his spirit. Not me, him. But you're... The one thing is wrong with you. You have arthritis. And another thing, you've got an extremely nervous condition. You can't sleep at night. It's menopause. And you've got someone that's away from you. It's dear to you. Uh, uh, it's uh, kind of towards the... It's not here in the building. They're away from here. Your mind travels... Oh, it's in New York. Yes. And that's a daughter. And it's some sort of a, a spiritual trouble she's troubled with. Isn't that right? Just a moment, just left me again. Was that the truth? That's right. Come here. Kind Heavenly Father, thy lovely goodness and mercy, send thy blessings upon this woman who I bless in thy name, and may everything that she has need of and has asked for, I pray that you will deliver it to her. And now while your spirit is here, and she is, recognizes this. And I lay my hands upon her in obedience to God's word, the last word from Jesus' lips. 
said, If they lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. This I do in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. God bless you. All right. How do you do, sir? You are sure that you're in contact with is not your brother. It's something in a spiritual realm. Isn't that true? Now, that very same fire that's on that picture that the mechanical eye of the camera caught is right now moving between me and you. Being in another dimension or another world, I see it, and you feel it. Now, if that's true, raise up your hand. Then, if that is the Holy Spirit, and now being in another world, and yet knowing there's somebody in front of me, fading and moving around, then God is able to make known to me what is your trouble, or what's your desire. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And that's what you're doing tonight, is seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There was something just a moment, it flashes back to me, I see, no, it's a woman. It's, it's, it's your wife. Yes, it's your, your wife. She's sick, too. Now, there's something strange there. Just a moment. God may it grant it come. Oh, she doesn't know just what's wrong with her. She doesn't go to doctors. Will you take this to her for me? Go lay your hands on her in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll be made well. You God, shall receive the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God grant this to my brother. May these things that I have asked be so for God. How do you do? I suppose that we are strangers to each other. We are. But we're not strangers before our Maker. Now he's left me, it's out over the audience. <clears throat> Everyone reverent, be in prayer. It hangs over a woman that's blonde-headed, and the woman is praying. She's blonde-headed, she wears glasses. And she's holding to her chest. Yeah, that's her sitting right there. Your faith has healed you, sister. God bless you. Your troubles are gone now. Have faith in God. Don't doubt. Just believe. All things are possible.
to them that believe. You're trying hard, sir, sitting there with your hand up like this against your head. You believe God heals you of that prostate trouble? You do? Stand up to your feet then. Be made well. May the Lord Jesus grant it to you. Jesus Christ's name. Have faith in God. Don't doubt. Just believe with all your heart. You shall have what you ask for. You're the patient, aren't you? You believe that the Lord Jesus Christ, you're in his presence, not your brother. You're here in his presence. Well, if I be God's servant and I've told the truth, then this would be God preaching back the truth. Not my sermon now. It's his sermon. Then if you were standing here and he was visible, that you could see him, as far as if it was healing you was looking for, he couldn't heal you. He's already done it. He'd only tell you something and make you have faith. Is that right? Well, you just... Answer me as I talk to you then. I'm only thing I'm trying to do is contact your spirit very hard. There's others here praying, trying their best around everywhere. Now, I see like blood dripping between me and you, thinning, watering your anemia. Isn't that right? And you're... I see you're interested in somebody. It's a, it's a husband, isn't it? Yes, sir. And um, he has something wrong with his kidneys. It's pus on the kidneys, I believe the doctor says. Pus on the kidneys. And then you've got a, a sister, and she's in a dying condition with cancer. Those things are truth. Ever what it was, he said, that wasn't me, that was him. Now, if that was truth, and you know whether it was or not, then what I say now will have to be truth. Is that right? Jesus Christ done all the healing and delivering 1,900 years ago for them. You believe that? You want your husband to get right with God too, don't you? He's a sinner and he won't even accept Christ. As I see it turned black around the man. Now, go and may the Lord grant it to you just as you believe. That's the Lord. Praise the Lord. Only have faith. The only thing I ask you to do is to believe. Believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, rose from the dead and cheered. A woman touched his garment one time, and he turned around and said, Who touched me? 
And he looked around to the woman and said, Thy faith has saved thee. Your blood issue is gone now. And she felt in her own body that it stopped like that. Now, if Jesus has raised from the dead and is sure tonight, your faith can touch him. Not me. I don't know yet. But your faith can touch him who's preaching now through me. Not me now. It's him. It was me a while ago. Now it's him. Any man can say anything. Don't have to be true. But when somebody says something and God turns around and says, that's the truth, you, it's sin to disbelieve it. What is sin? Unbelief. He that believeth not is condemned already. Go ye and sin no more. Or worse thing come, go ye and disbelieve no more. Or a worse thing will come upon you. Or that unclean spirit will return with seven other devils, says the scripture, and your last end will be worse than the first. You touched him, lady, for your side condition sitting there. Yes. Your faith has healed you of that side trouble you had. Stand up on your feet. Accept your healing. God bless you. Just as a testimony that you're healed. The Lord bless you, sister. You want to get over that bronical condition you're praying about too, lady? Art, stand up to your feet and say, I accept it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Go home now and get well. There he stands in the corner. Oh, looks like if ever I looked that way, it seems you could see that. It's holding over a lady. Oh, it's got something wrong with her head. She's sitting right behind that lady there. You want to get over that lady? Arch, the little lady looks like got a red coat on, gray hair. She's wearing glasses, having trouble with her head. Stand up on your feet, lady. Your faith has touched the hem of his garment. He knows you. Go home and be well. I couldn't see you had a red coat only in the vision. I'd seen it was a red coat. You're blinded for me. I can just see the top of your head. Amen. Praise be to God. You... Now, no, this is not a stage show. Stop thinking that. God will condemn you for it. Your thoughts come in here. He knows what you're saying, what you're thinking. How is he speaking to these people if it isn't? Come, sir. Look and live. Believe with all your heart. What are you thinking, sir? You're praying that I'll say something to you. Isn't that right? That's right. If God will tell me what's your trouble, will you accept your healing? You're real nervous and upset. Especially like to the bathroom and so forth. Many times when you're upset, it's caused from a prostrate trouble you had. Isn't that right? If that's right, raise up your hand. I've never seen you in my life. You believe your wife will be healed too? You believe with all your heart? You have arthritis, don't you? If that's right, raise up your hand. 
Seems to be an interest in that child sitting there, too. You believe for the child, that little boy? You believe, young man? You do? When Jesus was here, he'd make you whole. You believe that? You're sick, you're suffer, don't you, honey? You're in need of prayer. You believe Brother Branham to be God's prophet or servant? You believe with all your heart? If God will reveal to me what's wrong with you, honey, will you believe the, t- the Christ that the teacher in Sunday school tells about will make you well? You have rectal trouble, isn't it, honey? Rectal condition. I'll stand up on your little feet there. Jesus Christ heals you, honey. Go home and be made well. Have faith. Stop praying, mister, sitting there. He heard you. You had trouble with your neck, didn't you? If that's right, stand on your feet. Shake your head around. Move your head around. It's all gone from you. The neck's just as limber and nice as it can be. He heard you and healed your prayer. Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ, the resurrected Son of God, stands in your midst. He's here to heal the sick, declaring that I've told you the truth. I'm just his servant. But he's told, I've told the truth. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. These people here are strangers to me. And they're strangers in other countries and other languages and everything. doesn't stop a bit. The vision moves just the same. How do you do? Sister your patience. All right, I suppose we're strangers, sir, to each other. I don't know you and never seen you in my life. We're total strangers then, is that right? Don't know one another. But one thing, sir, God knows both of us and we're going to have to give an account at the day of judgment for our life. You believe that? Come here just a little closer. I want you to look at me just a moment. Like i preaching tonight, as Elisha said, if it wasn't for the presence of Jehoshaphat, I wouldn't look towards you or see it not laid into the prophet. He couldn't know what God was going to do, but he could only look and see what God was going to do and then pronounce it. Is that right? Well, what was that on that man, that prophet? He died like an ordinary man. He lived like an ordinary man, a Christian man. But there was something different about him. Is that right? He was a prophet. He was anointed of the Spirit. And that Spirit was of God. Is that right? That Spirit did not die. It still lives. Elijah died, but the Spirit still lives. Is that right? Do you believe that you're standing in His presence now? God bless you. Then I can help you. You're not from here. You're a stranger here. You're from a a city that starts with like F.R.A. Franklin, or Franklin, Ohio is where you're from. Is that right? You were kind of shook for a moment. I just wanted to see that. You're suffering with some sort of a, uh, it's a rectal or a fistula, the doctor says, fistula troubles. A growth on the, at the rectum. Got a wife. Yes, she's with diabetes. 
when you go lay hands on her, she'll get well, too. God Almighty, who rolls up Jesus Christ, bless the people and bring these things to pass in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. As you believe, so will it be. All right. Do you believe? I couldn't do nothing but pray for you. Your trouble is your eye and this tumor on your eye. You believe God will make you well? Come here. Christ Jesus, Son of God, I ask blessings for this woman and ask that she go in peace and may the spirit that's in those growths May it lead tonight, and may the woman be well. May they shrink away, for I now ask God's blessing for this purpose. In Jesus Christ's name, His Son, amen. All right. You were healed while you were studying. Something come over you. Is that right? You were healed then. Just be on your road rejoicing. Thank you. praise the Lord. Come, lady. You believe me to be God's servant? And if I be God's servant, I'll be able to help you. If you believe me. For it's just your attitude of approach will determine what you get. Some of them, when he would tell the people in the audience what was wrong with them or so forth, they would... They believed him. The woman had touched him. But the one that put a rag around his head and hit him with a stick and said, Now tell me who hit you if you know all things. They didn't feel nothing. They didn't approach it right. Just the way you approach it. Is that right? I can tell you now. It's not for you. It's for the child. For I see the child standing here in front of me. And the child is serious enough sick till it's been to a doctor. Yes, not only that, but the child is up for surgery now. And I see the doctor looking in his nose. It's his nose condition. Got a little thing in his nose looking. And now it's, it's the breath that's shut off in one side of its nose. It can't breathe out of one side of its nose. Are those things true, lady? You heard what was said? Now, that wasn't me. That was him. Now, do you believe for the child? Bring it to me. Dear Heavenly Father, thou hold this darling little baby here knowing that surgery lays before the little thing. I pray for your mercy to protect the child. Grant it, Lord. I lay my hands upon it now. You, when you were here, you laid your hands upon the children and blessed them. And I do likewise tonight. May your spirit, Lord Jesus, come through the body of your servant as a transmitter into this child and condemn this 
darkness that hangs over the child, and may it fade away, and may the bright sunlight of God come upon the child and be made whole. I condemn this disease in Jesus Christ's name. Now, I breathe out. The child cannot breathe outside of snow. Now breathe, honey. Shut your now, shut and breathe over here. Breathing all right? It's okay? Feels good? Amen. Jesus, it feels good. Say praise the Lord. God bless you, sister. Your faith has saved the child. You believe the heart trouble left you while you were sitting there? I did. Just keep going and saying, Praise be to God. All right. And you had the same thing, didn't you? Just keep going. Jesus Christ makes you whole. All right. Come. Pretty sick, aren't you, sir? Nothing can help you but God. That death lays near your gate of that demon that's holding you cancer. But God can make you well. Do you believe that? Almighty God. I condemn the enemy that's on this man's body, and may he go and be made well and live for God's glory. In Jesus' name, his son, I ask it. Amen. God bless you, sir. Don't doubt a bit. It'll leave you, and you'll get perfectly normal and well. Do you believe it? Amen. All right. God bless you now. Go in the peace of God be upon you. Come. you believe, lady, with all your heart? You notice how the man's walking when he left here? Stumbling, limping, coming up. There he goes back walking normally. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. One thing that I can't understand, that is how people as professed to be Christians can see the working of Jesus Christ and hold their peace. I, I can't... Not as I'm wanting you to glorify nothing in the building, I'm wanting you to say, Oh God, how thankful we are that our religion is not false. How could you accept signs and wonders say that your religion is no more than Mohammed's? The Mohammed's has all the psychology, the teaching, their own Bible, so does Buddha, so does all the other gods. They have their teachings, their Bibles. They have everything else rejoicing, but let one of them produce the resurrection and power one time. This proves Christianity is the truth. Proves that then if these things are true Christianity, unbelievers are condemned to doom to die without repentance. So every sinner repent of your sins. Oh, you may go to church, but if you're not a believer, 100% the baptism of the Holy Spirit resting on you, then you get right with God tonight. Your kidney trouble left you, Mother, while you were standing here, so you can go home now and praising God and get well. God bless you. Not just praise the Lord. That's all you have to do. Praise be to God. You think I'm excited, but I'm not. This whole building, I realize someone asked me, wrote me a little note and said, what made me rub it my face all the time? I can't tell you all things, but my lips get thick, my tongue... Stand up here. Go through it once and find out how you feel, Andrew. When you go into a place you don't even... Well, amen. You just believe it. That's all I ask you. Believe it. Come, sir. 
see you're limping. That's not your less what your trouble is. You want to get over that stomach trouble is what you're wanting. Well, go eat your supper and the Lord bless you. Go eat, eat and you can go and be as well as you want. All right, come, lady. What you ask, that's what you get. All right. Amen. You want to get over your kidney trouble, back trouble, go home? Go in the name of the Lord Jesus to be made well. Come believe it. Come with all your heart. I believe I'll see the day when Jesus Christ will restore normal legs, take away artificial. I never, never done it in the Bible, but I believe we're going to receive greater things than that. Amen. I believe it with all my heart. Amen. Oh, His love, His grace, how it moves to the people. How wonderful. How matchless. How I adore Him. How He's a Paris of ten thousands. The great Alpha Omega. The resurrected Lord Jesus who shall come with ten thousands of His saints to magnify the little plot to redeem them up into glory with Him. He, the most lovely one, stands in our midst tonight with His arms stretched forth, saying, Whosoever will, let him come and drink from the fountains of the water of life. Adore Him, the matchless one. Let everyone be in reverence to Him. Let Him sing praises to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. May his name forever stand, of whom heavens and earth is named after. The whole families of creation is called Jesus. Blessed be his name. Oh, how wonderful. Your stomach trouble's gone, sir. Go eat your supper. I do it. You've had nervousness, prostrate trouble, and things are running into that, but you're healed. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. I don't know what's the matter with me. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye, heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, Holy Ghost. All dominions in all ages shall bow before him, every tongue shall confess to him, being the Son of the living God. All ages shall know that he's God. Hallelujah! Praise be to him forever and ever. My soul magnifies him. My spirit lifts above this vaultering world, soars in the places that the world knows nothing of. Oh, how teaches, how tasteth the hour when Jesus no longer I'd see. Sweet prospects, sweet music, sweet flowers, all lose their beauty when He comes into existence. The whole world becomes of love. All creation worships Him. The trees clap their hands to Him. The mountains lift up their heads and rejoice. All creatures of the earth give him glory. Praise be to his majesty, the King of kings, which now stands near. 
beyond doubt, beyond shadows, beyond anything else, every superstition, every thought, every feeble thing leaves now. How can death exist in the presence of life? It cannot. The Holy One of God, His goodness. Don't think I'm beside myself. I am not. The Holy Spirit is here to platform. He thrills my soul. He chills every nerve in me now. So sweat's dropping off of my hands. The power of His living being is now here. How can sickness or diseases exist in His presence? Lady, rise to your feet. That anemia condition has left you. Go home. Every man and woman in here that would like to be healed can rise to your feet and believe Him who is present now. This anointing that you're now receiving is the Holy Ghost. For a closing service, may He fall upon this audience. Give vent to your feelings. He's there, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Prince of peace, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Alpha, Omega, the beginning and the end. Come out of the people, Satan. You can't exist in the presence of God in Jesus. Amen. Say hallelujah. Say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, just a moment, and we'll be going home. Praise the Lord.